Hey guys, really quick, you see that little subscribe button? Go ahead and push that right now. That means you are never going to miss an episode. So push subscribe, now let's get to the show. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Government and I'm here to help. And I'm here to help. So those of you that know me know that I'm a sucker for some acoustic music, which makes today's guest especially exciting. He has become a world-renowned musician playing sold-out shows all over the world, including singing vocals for the band Boston. His YouTube channel, which you can find at youtube.com slash Mike Massey, has become the favorite destination for music lovers, young, old, and everything in between. With his hit covers of Leader of the Band, amassed over 20 million views and counting. And the song that started this whole journey for him. I seek to cure what's deep inside Frightened of this thing that I've become It's gonna take the love to drive me away from you There's something that I couldn't never want, could do I'm just raised down in Africa Gonna take some time You can find him even on Cameo, where you can get personalized videos from Mike for any occasion. You can find him at Instagram, Mike Massey Music, and Facebook and Twitter, of course, uh, and his wildly successful YouTube channel. Please help me welcome Mr. Mike Massey. How you doing, Mikey? I'm good. Hello from one mic to another. <laughs> right? One mic to another. How crazy is this? Because you you were a lawyer before this, correct? Yeah, I'm still technically a lawyer, just not practicing. Oh, you're still a lawyer? Well, yes, excuse me. Is that something you have to keep up on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, you know, pay the annual fee, you know. And I, when I uh, quit being a lawyer, it was uh, in, I guess it was about six or seven years ago now, uh, that I, yeah, about almost seven years ago, I quit and I moved to Colorado. So I had to get, I had to do the whole reciprocity thing where I kept my law license, but I just transferred it to Colorado. But then I immediately went inactive because my plan was to be a full time musician and I am. So you go from being a lawyer, which they're not the most loved in society, <laughs> to a musician that are very loved. How is yeah. that? Have you noticed like a big change in the way people treat you? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have as many fans as a lawyer. <laughs> I imagine so. You were uh, you were a public defender, so I guess that's not as bad as right as the other ones get. Did you get fighting the good fight? Right, right. Did you get a lot of? Did you get any weird any weird cases? Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I had my share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and a lot of I, I do. Uh, I have a lot of PTSD too from just you know some of the cases, but and some of the clients, <laughs> some of the judges, <laughs> prosecutors. But yeah, I also miss it in a way. You know, it was it was kind of fun to you know, I mean, in, in its own way to you know dress up and go to court and and uh, and have you know colleagues that were all smart and uh, interesting people, you know, and uh, right. now I just hang out with musicians. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Actually, I was, I, was, I was noticing the other day that, like, I'm like, wow, all of, pretty much 
all of my best friends are musicians now. I mean, and they kind of always were. Like, I, I just gravitate towards musicians, and I, I love them. It's just, you know, that vibe, and, right. and just understand each, understand each other. But I still have a lot of lawyer friends, too, and some who are both. <laughs> right? You're the guy that played um, on a lot of your videos. Is it Jeff? Mm-hmm. Jeff Hall, huh? He was a prosecutor. Yep, and you, yep. He's still a prosecutor, and you were a public defender. Did you guys ever go up against each other in court? Uh, you know, we had a few cases in common, but we never really faced off. Um, we were kind of in different courthouses, so we didn't have a lot of interaction. But I remember so, like, there was one time where like, one of my clients was one of his witnesses, stuff like that, you know, just kind of some weird overlap. And we would, oh, okay. when we'd, uh, we used to sing at this place called the Pie Pizzeria in Salt Lake City, and we'd show up a little bit early and you know, set up and eat you know, for pizza. And, and yeah. uh, we'd always talk shop, and you know, we'd, we'd, we'd always, you know, I'd always gripe to him about his, his coworkers, the other prosecutors and such, and <laughs> we'd uh, compare notes about judges and, and, and tell war stories. It was, it was always good fun. Right. Did you meet him being a lawyer or did you meet him before? No, we met in, uh, we were both undergrads and kind of studying music. He was like a humanities, humanities major with a music emphasis and I was a music major and we, and uh, actually uh, a mutual friend introduced us and said, hey, I think you'd like this guy and he lived right around the corner from me and, and so he joined my band and, and we, yeah, we've been playing together since, I don't know, it's been a long time, 93 maybe, something like that. Oh, wow. Where, where are you playing? Is it mostly the pie? You had like a standing gig at the pie, which is a pizzeria in yeah, Salt Lake. Yeah, I played there for like 25 years or something like that. Like a long time where I played every month. Uh, it started off Mondays and Tuesday nights, and then I just like, I don't want to come on Tuesdays and the morning. They're like, okay. So I just came <laughs> on Mondays, and, and it was once a month. And it was just kind of enough to kind of keep me from forgetting all the songs I had learned, because I had a big you right. know, catalog in my brain of cover songs that I'd been accumulating. And so I just I wanted to kind of stay in practice and not lose the music thing when I was a lawyer. And, and I was still kind of recording stuff you know, at home and doing things like that. And, and Jeff would show up at the pie like as often as he could. He, he didn't come every time. It was sort of my official gig. And then I just kind of bring whoever. We don't, we don't get to play as much together anymore because we live in different states, but we still have, we still do a lot of private gigs together where people hire us and we just meet up in a, in a you know, whatever city and, um, and play songs together. So yeah, it's, it's, it's great fun. And anybody can book you actually, can't they? They can go to your website. Yeah. I do uh, corporate stuff. I do weddings. I do you know, anniversaries, parties, whatever. And, sure. and I've traveled all over the country, all over, I've uh, been all over Europe and I've been, we, Jeff and I did a little tour of Australia together, which is awesome. Wow. And, yeah. I actually think me and my wife both agree. We're like 95% sure that when we were dating, we actually saw you performing at the pie. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's quite possible. A long time ago, before you went viral and then we found you years later and we were like, I, yeah. That's the guy. Because I remember for weeks after, we were like, man, that guy was so good. I wonder where we can. And we didn't have anything, so we didn't know your name. We couldn't find you or anything. But we know a lot of the same people. And Yeah, yeah. Crazy how you're, that you have You're kind of in the comedy circuit, and I, I have a lot of comedian friends from college. Yeah. Sound guy for a comedy troupe, and, and a lot of them kind of came from there. Oh, you were the sound guy, so that's how you knew him. To help him out, like I'd perform like, uh, musical parodies with him and stuff. I'd play you know, guitar and stuff and sing with him. And, for some of their sketches. Probably with Lincoln. I think Lincoln would do some songs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Was that in Provo, right? Com- we're talking about the, yeah, the Garen's Comedy Troupe. Let's, give, let's name check them. Yes. Garen's yes. And Lincoln Hoppe is who we were referring yep. to. The very funny yeah. uh, improv comedian, actor. Now you're doing this pie gig every Monday, every Monday and Tuesday, then it changes to Monday. And then you start, how, when do you start videotaping them? That's a good question. Um, I started recording audio before I started recording video and I started kind of passing around recordings to... Uh, you know, friends and family um, that wanted to, you know, hear some of the highlights of some stuff that I liked. And and, uh, and my sister, you know, she's like, you should start a YouTube channel. And I was like, well, oh, then I have to do video. It's <laughs> <You know, she's, laughs> like, okay, I guess, you know. So the video, I didn't really put a lot of effort into the video at first. Like, it's, you know, it's like not even HD at the first few videos. You know, it's before HD was really picking up. And right. So my first camera was kind of cheap. But the audio always, the audio always sounded great. You know, like even from the, from the beginning because I'd already kind of dialed that in and, and had that working. And, and eventually the video kind of caught up and, you know, started looking better. And I put more effort into the video. But uh, it was probably, nine, or no, 2008, I think, was when I started filming. Oh, okay. And that's kind of, yeah, I started my channel around 2008, 2009, I think, somewhere in there. The, the audio quality is unbelievable like it's studio quality and then you you post africa that's your first one that takes off i heard this you weren't even sure about posting it you weren't even sure if you wanted to do it exactly yeah i, I initially because jeff jeff and i had only done it and that was like the second time we'd ever performed it together i used to sing it with a girl a friend of mine that was you know female vocalist that that sang the high part and i sang the lower part and then when i sang with jeff i had to sing the high part and he sang the lower part and i just wasn't you know sure how great i could pull that off and whatnot and but we we tried it and we, um, it got requested. I, I put it on, we used to pass out these song lists, like about a hundred songs that we'd pass out to the tables at the pizza place. And 
people would make requests. And, and one of my, actually, one of my neighbors actually surf, circled Africa. I'm like, you want to give it a try? He's like, I, can't, I guess, you know, so we just, we ran it. And then we, you know, it, people always think that we're, because we kind of laugh at the end of the video and people always think we're laughing because like, you wow, that it. was awesome. What we, yeah, what we, <laughs> look at what we just did. And that, it was not at all why we were laughing. We were laughing because we were like, we ended together. We made it, you know, we, it wasn't a complete train wreck, you know. And it's right. just so funny that that was the performance that ended up kind of like being my, you know, like signature song. And, that's interesting how that works out. Something that you didn't even mm-hmm. you didn't even want to do, and you didn't want to post it, and you end up doing it. How soon after you post it do you notice that things are starting to? Well, like like you were saying, at first I, I sent it to Jeff privately, and I'm like, do you think I should post this? And I had literally never done that before with any video that I'd ever I'd, we'd ever posted. Like I would just record them, and then I'm like, hey, dude, I'm gonna post this or that or that, and he would just kind of like leave it up to me, you know, just at my discretion that well, whatever was worthy of being on my channel was kind of up to me. Mm-hmm. And this this was one where I'm like, what do you think of this you know it's just like how did this go and he's right. like and his response you know people would be surprised but his response was like i don't know man it's up <laughs> to you but i don't know yeah he was just like he was like i guess you know and so um so i just pulled the trigger on it and then the reactions started coming in and i was just like oh i guess i guess people like this you know? and, <laughs> yeah and so yeah and you know and i, I tried it, i tried a few different like you know like uh, mixing techniques where you know i just kind of done things a little bit differently trying to give it more of an 80s vibe and, and i think that kind of carried over well and uh it did i actually like it even better than the original and i love the original oh that's kind and are you sick of playing it yet because i imagine everybody asks you to including me i'm not gonna make you play it today but <laughs> i'm sure yeah. everybody does no, i i can't really do a live gig without playing that song i can't really get away with doing that right i've never tried anyway unless it's like unless it's some like kind of corporate thing where i'm just hired as background music and a lot of people don't know who i am so there's not it's not like there's a demand for it some of those gigs all like i'm not gonna play africa tonight you know (laughs) but um but anytime it's like a paying audience like a public show where people pay you know bought tickets to see me i'm like i gotta play africa but i've been doing live streams for the past you know like most people like most musicians for the past you know 15 months i've been doing live streams from home and I do them like Friday and Saturday nights on YouTube, like free shows on my YouTube channel, like a couple hour shows. And I kind of rarely do Africa on those shows because I'm just like, you know, I'm sitting here by myself and it's just like, and so I, I do it sometimes, you know, just to, for thrills. Right. So. To throw everyone a bone, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. You've actually had the opportunity to meet Toto and they told you something when you met them. What did they tell you? Basically, my cover of Africa was sort of having a little, um, well, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> it's hard to say this these days, but it had viral outbreaks. <laughs> so it go viral and, and uh, you know, because it get posted in different places and it got the attention of Steve Lukather and we ended up exchanging emails. He's the guitar player from Toto. Right. And so he was just like, hey, if, I, if I'm ever in your town, let me know and, um, and I'd love to meet you and, you know, I'll get you backstage and whatnot. And so he, they came through Denver and I went backstage and I got to meet him and then he introduced me to David Page, who's the one who wrote Africa and he sings the verses. Uh, a guy named Bobby Kimball sang the choruses, but he wasn't in the band at that point. Um, Joe, actually, the new singer of Toto, I don't know, most people don't know this, but it's Joseph Williams, who is the son of the composer John Williams from Star Wars and Jaws and all that. No it's kidding. His son is the lead singer of Toto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh it's my gosh. John Williams' son. I had no idea. Yeah, but he's been their singer for like a long time now. Probably He's probably been in the band longer than Bobby Kimball was by now, but, um, but he's mm-hmm. great, and he covers those parts well. But um, So I got to meet David Page anyway, and... Uh, and I didn't have any idea that David Page had heard my cover or had any the slightest idea who I was. And he came up to me and like he's like he shook my hand. He's like, "Hey, Mike, so great to meet you. Thank you for covering my song." Thank and you. That just kind of blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I'm like, I should be thanking you for you know <laughs> writing the song. But, and then he said, um, anytime I have anybody over my house, I show them your cover. Oh, and he also said, you sing it better than we do, which I don't oh necessarily my. accept that. But yeah, but that was very <laughs> oh kind of him to say. Gosh, I, did you about so, fall out yeah. of your shoes? Yeah, I was just like, yeah. It took me a while to kind of pick my job off the ground, and just kind <laughs> right. of like soak in that moment. I'm like, what is happening? Oh right now? my and, um, gosh. Yeah, just the fact that he like he knew about it and he was. I mean, like, I had no idea this was happening, right? That the guy who wrote Africa was, like, showing people my cover of his song. Next day, you know, he posted, thank you, Colorado, and, uh, you know, it's great seeing you. And, and he was like, great meeting Mike Massey. And, oh like, gosh. you know, name checks me. Yeah, I was just like, what? I want to talk a little more, but do you want to play something for us? Um, sure, I can do that. I'm going to do uh, Dust in the Wind for you. Oh, I love it. Actually, I actually got to meet uh, Robbie Steinhardt, too, the, the violinist from Kansas. Because he, uh, he saw my cover of Dust in the Wind on my YouTube channel. He emailed me. He's like, hey, I love your cover. And no this is a crazy way. story, but true. He, he, I got this email from him when I'm sitting on a plane uh, on the runway about to take off uh, on a family vacation to Tampa. 
And he's like, yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, so I'd love to cover. And he's like, I'd love, to, you know, I'd love to meet you if you're... He's like, if you're ever in Tampa, let me know. <laughs> I'm like literally on my way to Tampa. No way! <laughs> so I, I, yeah, so I like met him and had dinner with him and his wife like the next, you know, like a few days later. It was crazy. Oh my so, gosh, how was he? He was so cool. He was really cool and he's super nice and... Yeah, yeah, he's. I'm, I'm happy to know him. So. Oh my gosh, I imagine so. So you've had several of the people contact you that love your version yeah, of it. Yeah, there's, there's others. Yeah, yeah, we could, we could go through the list. But yeah, there's, there's been others that have like, uh, like Sarah McLaughlin and some of the guys from Boston and Getty Lee from Rush, like mentioned one of my covers in an interview once. And when, when John Wetton, the lead singer of Asia, died, I got a message from his friend said John was a big fan of yours. And I'm like, what? You know, I just had no idea. And Wow. We've had the reverb on this whole time, haven't we? I'm so sorry. Yeah, I didn't that's right. that to you. <laughs> that's all right. Okay. I'll turn it off after this. Okay. Mike, that's incredible. Thank you. Oh, man. No wonder he emailed you. (laughs) Man, how do you pick? I got to see his band play, too. That was cool. He had a local band that did Kansas covers, and it was was really cool to get to see him play some of that Kansas music. It was awesome. So the the guy from Kansas has a Kansas cover band? Basically. (laughs) I mean, it's the Robbie Steinhardt experience or whatever, you know. Okay. And uh, our project or something, and and they just, they do a lot of Kansas, yeah. But uh, How about that? How do you pick all the songs you're going to do? That's a good question. Some of it comes down to like, song. well, it has to be a song I at least enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, some songs I play I like more than others uh, that I play, you know. And some songs, so there's sort of a continuum of what people like and what I like. And I try to find something that's kind of, you know, at least in the middle where a lot of people like it and I also like it. There's some songs that I cover that I really like and most people have never heard of. <laughs> so I, right. those are my guilty pleasures, you know, my little <laughs> indulgences. Some songs that some people really like and I'm like, eh, that song's okay, I'll sing it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so. 
whether or not I think I can pull it off acoustically, that's that's the main issue, right? And yeah, and it's about finding a song that I can carry with one instrument, with one guitar. And when I play, like you'll hear me do something later, else later probably that um, is a little bit more percussive. Mm-hmm. And when I play solo, I try to um, keep the energy of the original version of the song about the same. You know, I, I want it to be a similar experience to people when they're listening from to me versus the original. Because I don't want people to listen to me and go, oh, I miss this or that about that, you know, song or whatever. I wish, I wish it sounded more like the original. A lot of people kind of go the opposite direction, where they're like, I'm going to just change this up and and uh, and make it my own. And I and I respect that. And sometimes it works, but sometimes it doesn't. And when you have a great classic song, when you're changing it, you're probably not improving it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's that's kind of my take on it. It's just like I'm not going to like insert myself into these songs in a way that's going to like detract from the original what people loved about it and so and it's also kind of smart because i get more fans that way because if they like the original then they probably like my version too you know what i mean because it's not some weird surprise you know yeah exactly and there is little subtle differences i mean to kind of make it your own but for yeah for the most part you do pretty much keep it pretty true to the original exactly and that i mean that depends on what was going on in the original too like if it's an acoustic guitar song that's kind of some you know finger picking like dust in the wind or some strumming or something then it's not going to sound that different but if you're talking a song like Africa where there's a lot of keyboards and suddenly it's an acoustic guitar it's going to sound different it's going to be simplified because i need to do like one instrument and sing and play and also i'm not like a lead guitar player i'm not like a virtuoso i'm a a solid rhythm guitar player and so i have to kind of play it in a way that i can play it you know and and so and so that lends itself to simplicity, but also I try to, like I said, try to keep true to the energy and the vibe of the original at the same time. Sure. Can you explain that, the difference between the rhythm and then the lead guitar? Yeah, yeah. Lead guitar is somebody who's going to, like, rip out a solo and be playing super fast and, and you know... And, like a slash. And, you know, Eddie Van Halen or yeah. something. Yeah, somebody like that. Yeah, he's just going to be, like, you know, tearing it up and, and say, you know, go Mike, and then he's like... You know, <laughs> it's like, or, you know, or doing a David Gilmore solo at the end of Completely Numb or something. You know, it's just something that's, that's the lead guitar player versus... A uh, rhythm guitar player is someone who plays chords and is kind of holding down the, the 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 harmonic structure of the song because they're playing chords, so they're playing several notes at once, and you know, and it just kind of represents the the harmonic structure. I don't know how, a better way to say it, but that's that's um, those songs lend themselves well to acoustic adaptation. If you have a song that's built on a riff mostly, then that gets a little bit trickier to make that sound good acoustically because sometimes you. Like if you're just playing a riff, then there, you don't get the drums and the and the bass. You don't get the beat of the song, and so sometimes you know I, I have to kind of bypass those songs. Like a song like I don't know, like Day Tripper by the Beatles. You know, if I was just doing that the whole song and I was singing along, it would sound kind of weird. You need mm-hmm. the kind of you know you need the feel of the song, and you don't you don't get that with one instrument. So. That's an example of a song that I wouldn't do by myself solo acoustic because of that. Right. You mentioned David Gilmore and the Beatles. Uh, David Gilmore, of course, from Pink Floyd. Do you, is there yep. somebody you prefer doing than others? Like, I know you do. You did one of your live streams was a Pink Floyd tribute where you did all mm-hmm. Pink Floyd. Yeah, that was fun. I do a lot of, I, I, I kind of like grew up on the Beatles and the Stones and the Who because I had like a cool mom with great taste in music and, and cool sisters who like, we, it was, you know, the 70s, so it was after the Beatles, but my sisters all still kind of, like, appreciate the Beatles uh, growing up. And so that kind of rubbed off on me. And my mom, like, Clapton and Neil Diamond and stuff. And and then kind of when I started getting into my own taste, I picked up, like, Rush and, yes, got a little more, you know, progressive rock mm-hmm. um, and Pink Floyd. And then later, you know, I like, when I was in law school, I was really into Radiohead, so I, I do a lot of Radiohead. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed, like, a lot of the early Coldplay and stuff. So it's kind of, like just represents kind of what I have listened to mostly. And, and the more songs I can do that I love, the more fun it is for me. And so it took me a while to kind of get into doing some like Rush because he's just got such a high voice. And yeah. it's also, their arrangements are so complex, it's really hard to strip it down to one instrument and make it have it make sense. You know, so those are, you know, I just try to pick those songs carefully about which ones I think I can pull off. And, right. and sometimes I don't know if I can pull off till I try. And then I'm like, well, that didn't work. You know, <laughs> just like, you know, don't do it again. Or right. other, other times I'm like, oh, that worked really well. And, you know, and then I just, it becomes the standard part of my repertoire. So, oh, that's great. Has any of them surprised you that you, like you said, you didn't think you could pull it off, but then you did? There's a few here and there. Um, you know, sometimes like piano adaptations um, are fun to kind of pull off. You know, like I did a Come Sail Away. Um, oh. which is all really piano originally, you know, and then mm-hmm. I did a guitar arrangement of it. Oh, 
You want to, I guess you want to hear my Dennis DeYoung story from six? Do I? Okay. All right. <laughs> so these are all my name dropping stories. Um, so I, I got to see Dennis DeYoung here in Colorado and it was on his birthday. I don't know how old he was, but it was a few years ago. He sounded great. He sounded amazing. And, uh, but I, I, I had a mutual friend of his. I knew somebody that knew him. And so I call, called this guy and I'm like, Hey, can you get me backstage? Long story short, he ended up getting me backstage and, um, and on Dennis Young's birthday. And, um, I'm standing there talking to Dennis Young. He doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know why I'm there. And he's just like, hey, you know, I'm just a nice fan or whatever. And his lead guitar player is a guy named August Zadra, who was doing all the Tommy Shaw stuff. He's a great singer, great, great guitar player, great look. You know, he kind of looked like Tommy Shaw a little bit, like young blonde guy, um, good looking guy. Mm-hmm. He walks into the room and he's like, he looks at me talking to Dennis Young and he points at me. His eyes go wide. He's like, you're Mike Massey. <laughs> What? Like, no way. <laughs> so, so he's like, sorry to go all fanboy on you, but like, wow, you know. <laughs> and this is after I'd watched this guy kill it for two hours as a lead guitar player for Dennis DeYoung. And he's like fanboying over me. I know, it's hilarious. And so, so, um, so then, you know, he starts to explain to Dennis DeYoung who I am. And, um, and I'm like, yeah, I did a cover of uh, Come Sail Away. And so I pull it up on my phone. I'm showing him my cover of Come Sail Away. <laughs> And Dennis Young's like singing along and to my cover. No. And then he points at my phone. Yeah, then he points to my phone. He goes, I used to sound like that. <laughs> it was awesome. And if, if people can't tell from this conversation, I'm basically a music fan who, you know, knows how to play music and, and expresses my love for these songs through my own performances. And so like it's I'm primarily a fan. So just like, yeah, getting that kind of acknowledgement or recognition from some of my heroes is just it's out of this world. I mean, I told Dennis Young something true. I mean, this is a true story that I said to him. I said, I said, you know, when I was a kid, I used to wish that I would get really, really sick so I could contact the Make-A-Wish Foundation and I could meet you. <laughs> <laughs> that was my wish. If I had one wish as a child, it was to meet Dennis Young. You had it planned out. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. So oh, it didn't have to come God. to that. But, you know. <laughs> right. Do you want to do another one? By chance? Yeah, sure. Since yeah, we were sure. talking about the uh, the old classics, I mean, I'm a big Elton John fan. I saw, I, I've seen Billy and Elton when they did their face to face tour a bunch of oh, times. Oh yeah, nice. Just awesome. And so we were talking before, and Mike, uh, Mike's going to do a version of Rocket Man. And when you hear a little percussion here, it's it's my stomp pedal. I'm playing that with my left foot. It's like a little kick drum. Last night we fly Zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high As a kite by then I miss the earth so much I miss my wife Slowly out in space On such a timeless flight Hell. 
done it again Yay. that is good i was a little worried about was, doing a live stream because this is we're doing this uh over zoom and but mike it's unbelievable it sounds great yeah i got the i think i think i got the sound dialed in pretty well which is kind of half the battle is that because have you perfected it because you said you were doing these youtube live streams every week yep, that i use for my live streams and and uh Zoom has actually improved over the past year where they have, now they have stereo audio that's not, you know, like quite as crippled as it used to be. So you can actually get some. Are, is that something you're going to continue you, doing? Uh, yeah. Um, I have a, like a, a little community of, of fans on that on my live streams now, like um, that just kind of a bunch of regulars and, and they were like hoping that I would keep it going because it's kind of become a little community for them too. Like they are all becoming friends and, and, and they have their own little like Zoom calls before the shows to kind of hang out with each other. Like, you know, pre-show parties and stuff. It's kind of cool. That's yeah. great. So, yeah. So I won't be able to do it as often because I'll be out on the road. Um, I'm starting up again in uh, June. Actually, uh, June 5th, I'm playing in, in Denver here and it's almost sold out uh, a place called the Soil Dove, which is an awesome venue. And then June 26th, I'll be, I'll, I'm playing my first gig ever in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm looking forward to that. Is this the first time you've done live ones since the pandemic pretty much? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did one show here in Denver at the beginning of this month. And, um, and it was like a limited capacity place. It's like over a hundred people there, but it's a place that holds like 700. So it was like plenty of room for people to kind of spread out. And that was, that was awesome just to be in front of an audience. And we actually like simulcast that on my YouTube channel. We had did a live stream of it too. So people got to kind of watch when, you know, and, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know how many of my gigs are going to happen that I've got scheduled now because it just depends on capacity limitations because I thought, you know, when I booked these venues, it, you know, it made sense if I could sell most of the tickets financially to, to come out and do it. But like if I have to play for a partial crowd, it just doesn't make as much sense. So I've been kind of postponing a lot of shows. 2020 was going to be amazing for me. And it's just like, oh, it all just went away as, as everyone knows. But, um, but yeah, like I've got a, a gig towards the end of summer in Chicago that I'm hoping might happen. And, and, um, and then the stuff I've got in the fall, I'm, I'm pretty more optimistic about. I'm supposed to be in Dublin, Ireland, and in Amsterdam, like in September, but I don't know what condition Europe is going to be in. So, you know, that might not happen. Yeah. I was supposed to go to the UK and I've, I've had my, my UK trip got postponed twice and mm. it's supposed to now happen next, next spring, but you know, yeah, so, yeah, it just, it is what it is. What's your favorite place to go to outside of the country? Uh, outside of the country, um, would definitely be the Netherlands. Um, I have a big following in the Netherlands like disproportionate following in the Netherlands. And, um, and I really enjoy playing for them. And it's, it's, it's such a lovely country too. And the people are awesome. And they nice. all speak really, really good English. You know, it's like, you know, oh. you barely feel like you're in a foreign country. I mean, they speak, you know, Dutch amongst themselves, but, um, but yeah, if you talk to most of them, most of them can handle English. Like it's nothing. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. Wow. So, 
um, why you have such a big following, I think, in the Netherlands, or one of the reasons, yeah, sure. I should say. A yeah, couple yeah, yeah. couple years ago, you, everything's everything's coming up, Mike, for you, <laughs> right? You guys go on vacation, you come back, and your son isn't feeling well. So you take him to the hospital, and then and what happens then? Yeah, um, my youngest son Noah was 11 months old at the time, and um, we had just we just gotten back from a trip to Florida, like you said, and uh, family vacation, and he like he threw up in the rental car on the way to the airport on the on our way you know way back home and stuff, and and we just thought he had a bug or something, but then he just stopped you know he just stopped eating and drinking, and and um, so we got concerned, and we you know we were like we don't want to be, want to be de- dehydrated. We just thought he was just like you know had a virus or something, but and um, and then anyway they ended up doing. Um, they they were concerned because he, you know, he just wasn't acting very healthy <laughs> right. or very strong or very, he didn't have much, you know, just didn't have much life in him, it seemed. And, um, and so they did a, a CAT scan and um, a CT scan and um, and they found out a, 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 he had a brain tumor and <sighs> um, it, he had cancer and it was a choroid plexus carcinoma, which is kind of a rare and, and very deadly um cancer and the survival rate was, you know, below 20% or something. And, um, and, uh, so we found out that day that, you know, that our life was about to change. Um, we had two kids, have two kids. Our oldest was about five at the time. His name's Tim. Um, but, uh, so, you know, they, they, uh, admitted him and, um, and actually like just a few hours later, he, uh, he crashed. Like he, you know, if he hadn't been at the hospital, we would have lost him. But he actually like crashed in front of like five brain surgeons, you know, oh. like literally they were all standing around him when it happened, you know. And so it was just like a, we had extremely good luck that, we, you know, we had taken him to the hospital and took it seriously. And right. and um, and then he was in the ICU for a long time. And then he had, you know, several brain surgeries and, and um, lots of chemo. They, he was too young for radiation. But um, mm. when this was happening... Um, just before this had happened, um, my my Africa cover actually went viral in the Netherlands. They have their own kind of popular uh, viral video site called Dumpert, and um, Dumpert had put Africa up, and it just like went to number one on Dumpert. And suddenly, like I had all these Dutch fans that were, you know, buying my music and stuff, and and um, and so um, I it got the attention of um, a, a record distributor in California that said, "Hey, we want to put your music on iTunes." I'm like, "Yeah, let's do that." And, um, and then I told him about what happened. Cause like this all happened like right after that. And he, and one of the, uh, the guy who ran the company said, Hey, why don't you do like some kind of fundraiser, um, for, you know, for your son. And, and, um, and so I thought about it and, and I knew I'd seen, um, my sister, my oldest sister, uh, actually I have three older sisters, but my middle sister, Monica had, um, had actually passed away from a brain tumor. And oh. I saw how, finan- how how financially devastating that had been for her, you know, just that whole experience. So I was like kind of panicking, thinking, you know, we had decent insurance, but they were talking about procedures that weren't covered, mm. that were kind of experimental and, you know, $150,000, whatever. Oh you know. my gosh. And so I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. And, um, and so I, I took what he said very seriously. And um, I, th- but I, and I knew instantly what song I would cover as a fundraiser because when, uh, um, when I was listening, or sorry, when, when all this was happening, I was driving back and forth from the hospital and, you know, take care of my other son. And, you know, we take turns staying with Noah. And I was just listening to the Beatles, basically. And that was all that I was listening to. A little bit of Rush in the Beatles because it was just, just kind of like, you know, all I could, it was like my musical home. Like, you know, just it just kind of reverted back to my roots. And, and um, the song that had kind of like, that I kept listening to a lot was Let It Be. Um, just because I felt like this was something that was kind of out of my control and, you know, yeah. and um, let it be. And so, um, yeah. so I, I, I knew I'd do that. And, um, and so I actually did a piano cover of let it be where I played piano and, and um, I recorded it, filmed it. And then, then I recorded a message that I posted at the beginning of the song. I knew I couldn't record the message before I sang it because I knew I was going to get upset and I wouldn't be able to sing after I was yeah. that upset. And so, cause it's hard to sing when you're crying. Right. And so, um, so I kind of put that away and I just sang the song and played it. And then I did the, recorded the message basically saying, Hey, um, my son, um, my, you know, baby Noah is sick. And, um, and if, if you'd like to help us out, you can, um, you can buy the song and we put a link in the, in the video description. They set up a website where people could pay any amount they wanted to. And the, the requisite, you know, 11 cents or whatever would go to the publisher of the song and the rest was coming to our family and the record company took none of it. Oh, and, um, wow. Yeah. That's and so, and, yeah. And so that was, that was how we ended up raising a lot of money, um, to help Noah. And, 
And um, that money was great. It helped us. Basically, my wife quit her job. She was a marriage and family therapist. And, and so she was able to be with him full time. And we, you know, we, we bought all the good food, and all the, you know, supplements we could think of and everything that we could think of that fought cancer. You know, she did, she spent all of her time doing research online, trying to find out, you know, best ways to help him. And, and so it was, it was a life saver for him, for him literally. And, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, but anyway, that, that video of let it be got posted on Dumpert. Um, right after I, right, right after I put it on my YouTube channel and the dumper message was, Hey, our, you know, our, I don't remember how they referred to me in Dutch, but it's something like our musical hero, Mike, uh, needs our help. And, um, and so the, the people in the Netherlands totally rallied and a lot of the support that I got came from them, even to the point where they were, people were buying it on iTunes and it went to number one on iTunes in the Netherlands. It was like a number one song there. Wow. And, which yeah. Which was like, and it was being played on the radio and stuff there. And so, um, so yeah, the first chance I got to come back or to come to the Netherlands, I you know wanted to be there and say thank you, and and I played there a few times, and one of the times I went, I actually prepared like a video slideshow of of pictures of Noah and everything before and during and after it with to the to the you know with set to the Let It Be recording that I did, and and play we played that on a big screen for the audience and stuff, and it was just kind of my way to say thanks. That's amazing that you had that much support rally around, so you were able to do do all that how how long was yeah. is he still in treatment is he how's he doing now he's um he's done some physical therapy like even you know recently and and we still kind of do you know some pt with him but he's um he's otherwise he's he's you know healthy and and strong he's just you know he has some balance issues like on his left side weakness and and like you know he has this habit when he runs he raises his left arm just to kind of balance and stuff he still does that sometimes. Oh, okay. and um but like mentally he's great he's super Super smart and cute and, and um, loves music, loves to sing. He's got a cute little voice and has a great ear. Um, I think he'll, you know, if he wants to be a singer, he can be. So, Have yeah, you ever thought about having him singing with you in one of your videos? Yeah. Actually, um, we just recorded for the first time. I recorded him singing um, a song that he really likes. Uh, it's one that people don't know, but it's, it's a lovely song. It's called In the Sun. And it's uh, originally, originally by Joseph Arthur. But the, way, the reason I'm familiar with that song is because it was on... Um, Oh, it was in a movie I saw actually, but um, it, the cover was Michael Stipe from REM and oh, yeah. Chris Martin from Coldplay. They did it like as a duet, and so the so I'm covering their version, and I sang the Michael Stipe part, and he sang the Chris Martin part. Noah did, and so we like did a little duet recording of it, and so yeah, I'll be releasing that. And I'm, I'm that's great. Yeah, so it's our first little kind of family musical project. So that's Noah's awesome. nine now. He's nine now. Oh, so good to hear. That's gotta that's gotta feel good to be able to bring the kids in to do the music with you. I can't think of anything yeah. better. Yeah, Tim. Um, he's fourteen now. And he he actually is kind of like my engineer for my live streams. He kind of you know toggles the reverb on and off every time I stop playing when I'm talking and right. does things like that. And uh, <laughs> you know, and he watches the live chat and and he and he does all the on screen graphics like when. You know, so we ask for donations. Sometimes he puts it on the screen and like and other stuff on screen. You know, just like I have little graphics for different artists when I play like a Beatles song, I say, the Daily Beatles. You know, stuff like that. He's he's right. one running that stuff. So it's been kind of a good experience for him to kind of learn, you know, how to run a live TV show. You know, he he cho- chooses the camera and stuff and starts the show and everything. It's it's cool. Wow, you know, all that fourteen. It's amazing what yeah. <laughs> what these what these kids can do now. Is that what he's interested in? Is he interested in like being in video know. production? He's he's mostly interested in soccer. <laughs> he's a really good soccer player, but, um, he's, and he's a really smart kid. He's like in, you know, he's taking high school math and he's in eighth grade and stuff. And so he's, he's a really wow. sharp guy. It's definitely an option for him. I'm not trying to force them into anything. I'm just giving them options, you know? Right. Yeah, so. That's all you can do really. Yeah. 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 Well, Mike, uh, do you want to do another one? You want to do one more? Sure. Sure. Mike must this has been incredible. You sound great. Uh, and I appreciate you taking, taking a little time for us. My pleasure. Um, I'm going to do a leader of the band for you. Oh, all right. This is the one that has over 20 million. This, is this your top yes. one? Um, presently, yeah. It's the one that has the most views. Yeah, and it's it's kind of, it passed Africa, um, a couple, I don't know, last year or something. It's got a lot more than Africa now. And um, and it's it's all coming from the Philippines. The Philippines? Like 90% of it. Yeah, it's I, they just love this song there. And they love, I'm, I'm grateful that they love my cover of it. Have you gone uh, there to play? I haven't, and I'm, I, I probably will at some point, but I just haven't really, I haven't, I haven't really, you know, yeah, I haven't looked into it enough, and I haven't sure. been invited. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> if somebody invited me, I'd be like, sure, let's go. Right. Um, so is that how it usually goes? Somebody re- will request you, and then they kind of help 
put it together for you? What I kind of was doing for a while, like this happened in the UK when I first time I went to the UK and when it went happened when I went to Australia was like I got a private gig that flew me there and I'm like well while I'm there I'll do some public shows kind of thing you know mm-hmm. since the travel is kind of covered and so um, so that's probably what would happen in the Philippines oh, okay. too if like somebody wanted to hire me for something private I'd be like I'm gonna do a show while I'm here um, yeah so, but it's been but I don't I, that was originally my model but these days it's, I'm just kind of I just I just go <laughs> just, you know right I don't, I don't wait for the private gigs I just go you know right. so I've been yeah I've been to Canada a couple times and stuff it's it's been great that's awesome it's congratulations on all your success and I thank you it's just phenomenal oh and and, and one one thing just so I don't get in trouble mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to mention about you said that at the, during your intro that I sang with Boston I sang with two of the former original members of Boston but we weren't calling ourselves Boston because Tom Schultz is, is the guy who owns the Boston name. Oh. So I was with uh, Barry Gaudreau and Sib Hashi. And Sib Hashi, rest in peace, like passed away a couple of years ago. And, um, but they were both, they're both great guys. And, and uh, they, heard me, they heard me doing Boston covers on my YouTube channel because a friend recommended me. And they flew me out from Utah to Boston. And I did some gigs with them and stuff. And we did like a cruise. And we did a show in Mexico. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I got wow. to see the Boston catalog with guys from Boston, which is just like very surreal. That is very surreal. So getting to sing with them. The other ones, they tell you you're awesome and they love your – but they actually have you sing mm-hmm. the vocals with them. Because the original lead singer of, of Boston passed away, you know, like 12 years ago or more. All right, take it away, Mike. An only child alone and wild, a cabinet maker's son. His hands were meant for different work And his heart was known to none He left his home and went his lone And solitary way And he gave to me a gift I know I never can repay A quiet man of music denied a simpler fate he tried to be a soldier once but his music wouldn't wait he earned his love through discipline thundering velvet hand his gentle means of sculpting souls took me years to understand the leader his eyes are growing old but his blood runs through my instrument and his song is in my soul my life has been a poor attempt to imitate the man i'm just a living legacy to the leader of Brothers' lives were different, for they heard another call. One went to Chicago, and the other to St. Paul. And I'm in Colorado, and I'm not in some hotel. Living out this life I've chose, and come to know so well. Thank you for the music and your stories of the road. I thank you for the freedom when it came my time to go. I thank you for the kindness and the times when you got tough. And Papa, I don't think I said I love you near enough. Leader his eyes are growing old but his blood runs through my instrument and 
song is in my soul. My life has been a poor attempt to imitate the man. I'm just a living legacy to the leader of the band. I am a living legacy to the leader of the band. Sort of like that. Man, that is... I, I like that one better than the original. <laughs> Woo! The, the, the video I put on YouTube has like all the original like harmonies in it, too. It's really cool. Like Dan Fogelberg was amazing, and he sang his all, all his own harmonies, and so I did the same, and it just kind of huge full sound on the, when, that, when that chorus kicks in. It's just really cool. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 I get constant messages from the Philippines about how that song reminds people of their dads. You know, it's like apparently everyone's dad used to sing that song for them or like, you know, especially oh. all the musician dads. But and just like even ones who weren't musicians, it just reminds them of their dad. And uh, and like in the past year, it's, you know, it's sad to say, but like with all the people, extra people passing away uh, of, you know, it's uh, that's been more common. Like, you know, my and it's I I'm constantly like, you know, posting messages of consolation for people like I just lost my dad last week. You know, just lots of those kind of messages. So it's like it's kind of bittersweet. Oh, man, that's got to yeah. be. That's got to be tough, but it's got to give you at least some solace knowing that they're coming to your music to make that to make them feel a little bit better. That's a common theme on my channel. It's just like I've that's been one of the most rewarding things is just people reaching out to me, just saying your music got me through a hard time, and you know, or the song meant a lot to me, and you know, and it's and I've been doing it long enough now that I'm associated with memories of from my covers, not just the originals. You know, people listening to my versions, and they have memories associated with my versions, which is kind of nice, but. Um, yeah, that's, it makes it all worthwhile to, you know, and anytime I feel like, Whoa, does anybody care? You know, I just, I just have to remember that. Yeah. There are people that care. Yeah, <laughs> there, there are. And you, and that's your channel's living proof. Just, I mean, all the views, his name is Mike Massey, but it's spelled Massey. I thought it was Massey actually for a so while. Like the only one. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> M-A-S-S-E. And you can find him on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Cameo. You can get your personalized video, uh, Instagram, and, of course, YouTube and iTunes. You can find a lot of the songs on iTunes. YouTube's easy. Just YouTube.com slash Mike Massey. That'll take you right there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm on iTunes. Yep. And Spotify and yeah, other streaming services, too. You can find his music everywhere. And you've got, I mean, he's, you've got something for everybody. Unless you don't like music from the 20th century. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, that's sort of my cutoff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, I I can't thank you enough, man. This has been awesome. If you ever find yourself uh, back back in Zion here, yes. we'll have to we'll have to get together and do this again or Happy something. Sure. Yeah, all right, buddy. Great meeting you. It was great meeting you, and uh, we'll put up a link uh, to all your stuff, I think, or or what whatever cool. we can. So, all right. Well, Mike, thank you so much, and we will see you guys next time. Mm -hmm.